Welcome to a little bit of the ale. Um, welcome back to uh, this third episode of the Apex Recall. I like to call this episode a uh, Root Awakening. So a little bit of a recap for the last episode, A Bitter Victory. So we joined, the seven of us joined the Singapore's biggest a cappella competition and uh, we had two weeks to rehearse. We won the champion, of, uh, we got the championship, of course. We, we became the first, as you already know. And we also got the best beatboxer award. So we went into the competition with two weeks of rehearsal and we came out with two different awards. We were all high, we were all so happy and uh, ready to face the future of the group. Then W chose to take his leave uh, at that time and say that he want to focus on his family and that's why he can no longer continue with us. So that was the termination of his contract. So let me refresh your memory on the members of the group at that time. So uh, me on tenor 2, Z on tenor 1, W on bass, Brian on beatbox, Yvonne on alto, G on soprano, and Gene on mezzo soprano. So uh, a group that was formed by Z and planned by Z and Yvonne, obviously we had a plan on what to do right after winning the Singapore Acapella Championship 2016. I mean, if he didn't have a plan, he wouldn't be Z, right? So the next plan, of course, is to get some international recognition because that is extremely important in Singapore. You will never be good enough if you are just in Singapore. So you have to go international, uh, you have to go internationally to win something and then come back to Singapore and then you'll be the hometown hero. I mean, we have all the examples of uh, artists today that made it really big because of that fact. I actually cannot remember anyone that is really homegrown famous, like worldwide famous. Uh, I mean, Nathan Hatono, he became big after the, the Sing China thingy. I think, okay, in, to, to me, the, the most successful homegrown guy is uh, Sugar Shake. I'm also a little bit biased because we were buddies back in Army, so obviously I would say his name right. <laughs> Shout out to Sugar Shake. <laughs> so the next goal to get some international recognition is of course to join the biggest, the most famous, the most well-known international acapella festival which is the Vocal Asia Festival and that year, uh, because this festival it, it is held uh, worldwide, uh, they, it was held in Japan in 2018 I think or 2019 I can't remember, it was in Shanghai at some point, uh, so that year 2016 it was in Taiwan at Taitong. So it was like, it, it was meant for us to be at the Vocal Asia Festival 2016. Just imagine if it was held in uh, Japan and we had to pay $1,000 per ticket to get there. That would be $7,000. We are not going to be able to afford that kind of money. Uh, the thing about Vocal Asia Festival is you have to apply and then, oh wait, you have to be invited and then you have to apply for it and then you still have to pay for your ticket and your accommodation there. Uh, 
is it is after the Vocal Asia Festival thingy that I realized there are a lot of competitions that would pay for all your travels and all your accommodation. But too bad, uh, VAF Vocal Asia Festival is the most popular one that we know of at that point of time, and it was also in Taiwan. So it was it was really easy for us to get like two hundred dollar tickets just to get there using our investment money of five hundred bucks at the start and uh, join the competition. But then we had a roadblock and of course that roadblock is the Prick W. He chose to leave the group at that point of time. So the three months we rehearsed, rehearsed, rehearsed for the Singapore Acapella Championships were all wasted, uh, thrown in the rubbish bin. So we have to start all over again as we can only be as fast as our slowest member. And obviously that slowest member will be the newest recruit of the group. And I cannot blame him for being the slowest because he didn't have the four months before. But the three to four months before, he didn't have it. He's just going to come here. And uh, okay, 2nd July was the, the Singapore Acapella Championships, right? So 2nd July was the day that W chose to leave us. And the uh, Vocal Asia Festival was... Uh, August 15, I think. August 15 to 19, I believe, on 2016. So can you count the dates? Like one and a half months to catch up to the four months of what we had before and also to learn the choreography and to, to sing perfectly with the choreography. That's a tall task for anybody unless we're going to hire a professional. And if we hire a professional, then what's the point? What's the point of starting something from ground up together while we are just going to hire a professional to help us win a competition. So what is the point of planting a tree when you can just chop down some other tree and plant it? Okay, no, not chop down, but uproot another tree and change its location. So basically, you're not studying anything. You're just changing a location of somebody. We are not an established football league. This is not something that we can do and be proud of it. So here comes Luke, our newest tryout for the base role. So a little bit of background for Luke. I got to know Luke back then when I started my own a cappella group called No Exit. It was kind of a, uh, okay, it was a joke group, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of something nice to say about that group, but it was really just a joke group. We, we go for rehearsal every single Sunday and we rehearse the same old shit and nobody's ever prepared for rehearsal except me, and nobody cares about improving. Everybody's just here to have a good time. So after about one, one year or two years, people start, started to leave because, uh, you know what I mean? Every Sunday is just here to waste two, two to three hours of our time, right? We, we, we spend two hours waiting for everybody to be there, and then we spend half an hour saying the same shit, and we do nothing with our lives. But I guess um, too many people... That, that is the fun of an acapella group, you know? Meeting your friend every Sunday, eating potato chips and instant noodles and talking for two hours and rehearsing for 15 minutes. Uh, that is the fun of it. And uh, I don't blame you, but I wanted to take acapella seriously. So that group was just not going to work for me. But uh, I got to know Luke from that group, introduced by my uh, instructor at that point of time. And I thought he had a lot of potential. I really liked his tone because his bass tone is very distinct. And for someone who tells you, like someone in Singapore, right? Uh, he tells you that, I like to sing bass. That's very, very rare. Usually, oh, I was forced to sing bass because, you know, I was the lowest voice and I'm not even that good at it. Uh, or uh, I have no choice. Like, uh, I, of the five members in my group, I'm the only one, I'm the only guy, so I had to sing bass, you know, that kind of thing. But Lute, he came in and said, 
I love to sing bass, and it and it shows because uh, because he would sing different different bass lines. He would tell you about different different acapella groups. He would he would let you listen to groups, and he would hum to the bass line. And that kind of passion for bass at such a young age was unheard of, and I was extremely impressed. At the same time, we were also auditioning Kenneth for the bass role. So Kenneth used to be the uh, president of the Singapore Poly Choir when I was guest singing over there. He also became my friend and then uh, also sang bass for No Exit. So I also introduced him to try out for the Apex Project's uh, bass role. So it was the battle between the... Uh, the talented, fiery, young guy versus the old-time veteran. And it really showed because our first rehearsal with uh, Luke, I believe it was for a gig. So we want to try to try him out for a gig. So we did the national anthem for the uh, Super 24, I think, Super 24 dance competition. Uh, sorry if I butchered the name because I really cannot remember at this point in time. Uh, he came into the rehearsal... The first thing he said to everybody, so that was his introduction to everybody. Oh, guys, I'm a bit hangover. I'm a bit hungover. I, I, I drank a lot last night. So that was his first impression. Kenneth's first impression was he just practiced every single, single thing and he knew his part. So long story short, uh, Luke won the battle, so to speak, as uh, Luke showed a little bit more groove and passion in singing the bass line. Not that Kenneth is not passionate. Uh, Kenneth, at that point in time, was willing to uh, quit his job just to join something. And we promised him no money. So Kenneth was definitely also passionate. But I'm talking about in terms of singing the bass lines, I guess uh, Luke had more groove and it really showed that he loved the bass line. When he knew his parts, when he was confident, he sang it with a lot of emotion. So uh, that was why he beat Kenneth in getting that role. So we confirmed Luke after his last audition uh, when he really impressed us. And moving forward, we had like, I think about three weeks before we actually have to fly. So everything had to happen really, really quickly. Once again, uh, we were trying to beat time. Once again, we we're trying to use every single day to rehearse to make sure that Luke gets the four, month of, four months of hard work in three weeks. And uh, obviously, the cracks started to show. And once again, the same old mistake. Remember from the last episode, I talked about the two problems we had. So it was W's problem with being punctual and Brian's problem with keeping rhythm. The same problem, we did not address it because it was not big enough of a problem or we had too many things to do and too many goals to set and we just ignore all this a little bit of cracks that we, we see during our rehearsal. So the same thing here, um, Luke had problems. He obviously uh, was a lot of, uh, he had a lot of fire, but his fire is like wildfire, you know, very inconsistent and uh, all over the place, like his pitch. I'm not the most qualified person in here to talk about uh, people singing in pitch because I myself have my issues and I have problems. So maybe one day if I want to talk about the more technical side of things, I will get uh, Jean on this show to criticize people. I don't know if she would like to do it. <laughs> She's a little scared when it comes to uh, criticizing people. But then she has the best, uh, the, the, she sings, she has the best pitch in, in the group. So uh, yeah, if, if I need to criticize anybody, I'll just get her to do it for me. Haha. <laughs> 
And the keeping rhythm problem by Brian has turned from a little tiny seed into a full-grown tree at this point, and we can no longer ignore the fact that we are singing. We we were singing nothing in tempo. Everything we're either going progressively faster and faster and faster like a bullet train, or slower and slower and slower until, for some reason, uh, parts that I, that were I was supposed to be singing like fast, I'm just holding notes. It was that serious. With two major problems burning the group's morale to the ground, like how COVID nineteen did to the USA, it's about goddamn time that G reared her ugly head. Okay, not that ugly yet. Uh, don't worry, we'll get there. So basically, uh, G and Z, they were both trying so hard to get quick fixes for these problems. But come on, if, okay, we had, let's say we had one month, not three weeks, okay? Let's say we had one month to the, till the uh, Vocal Asia Festival and you want to fix the pitching problem that uh, Luke had. It's just impossible. How can you fix that in one month? If pitching can be fixed in one month, right? Then why, where do all these fake singing instructors telling you that they can make you a better singer, where the fuck do they find their jobs, right? They need you to not be able to improve because it's a fact. It's a fact. You can think that you improve, but you, you haven't improved a single bit, right? For the last six months, let's personal example. For the last six months, I thought I improved tremendously because I have been doing vocal exercises and everything. I thought I improved tremendously, right? And then I had a bad cough. Right after that, I started to need, I need to record for the Apex project for those uh, one minute covers. And I realized I haven't improved a single bit. Okay, maybe I improved a little bit on my tone. Six months. I took six months of every day trying to do something about my singing and I only improved a little bit, right? And you want to try and fix a whole set of pitching problems in three weeks. That is just impossible, right? And for Brian's problem, it was uh, it was a little bit more of arrogance than uh, practicality. Uh, let me explain why. Because uh, Brian had a very specific problem. He cannot keep rhythm. He can beatbox, he can do nice beats, but he just cannot keep to a rhythm. The arrogance came in when Z decided that Brian had to keep rhythm on his own. I don't care. You go and practice with a metronome. You're going to practice with that same song uh, 1,000 times until you can come into rehearsal and uh, be, be, on, be on tempo. But the thing is, we don't have a thousand times. Even if Brian wanted to practice a thousand times, he didn't have the time to practice a thousand times. There were so many other things to do and there was so little time. The only practical thing to do was to give Brian a click track in his ears, right? It's to get uh, in-ear monitors to perform and get a click track in his ears and make sure there is some guide that he can follow in order to solve this problem. But the arrogance and the stubbornness of Z won't let this happen. Because I think for him, if we have to find solution that is not within ourselves, is admitting defeat. Alright? It's like, okay, fine, fine. Fuck it, fuck it. This rhythm thingy is too much of a problem. Let's admit defeat and get some aid. But this is just not the way it is. It's like getting sick and refusing to, to, to take a medication because you feel like, oh, I'm, I have to be strong enough if not, I deserve to die. Or we had enough time. Then we can try to fix the problem slowly, bit by bit, with patience and not by shouting in, each, in, in people's ears. Right, G? 
Shouting at Brian didn't help. And the problems kept building and building and building like a tragedy, which I don't even know what the fuck is the climax. Right, so we are finally here. We were finally here. We're going to fly to Taiwan, okay? Uh, I talked half the episode on something that happened before Taiwan on an episode that was built around going to Taiwan. And am I going to start talking about the Taiwan experience yet? Uh, no, because more problems. There were two major problems. Okay, not two major problems. Two very annoying fucking problems that happened. So, and guess what? These two problems are not even internal. It's like as if we don't, e we don't have enough internal problems. We decided to bring along two other problems with us on the trip. It was number one, Jean bringing her girlfriend, which caused us so much emotional distress throughout the trip. And the second problem, I'm sorry, Luke, your mom. And I swear to God, every single time I talk about this Taiwan 2016 Vocal Asia Festival 2016 experience, I, I, I strongly feel that Yvonne is the only one that can understand my feelings because I don't know whether she saw it at that point in time, but I was dying inside. Everyone else except for Yvonne had their own fucking problems. Right, so uh, Luke had to deal with his pitching problems. Obviously, it wasn't fixed right. We only had three weeks and Brian had to deal with his rhythm problems. And obviously, it's also not fixed right because three weeks, you cannot fix something like that. And uh, G had princess problems. I don't know how Feng dealt with it, but damn, her princess problems. And then Jean with her girlfriend problems, also fucking annoying. And finally, look, your mom, your mom, all right? So, and Z being the perfectionist that he, he was, he wanted to win the competition so bad, but it was so unrealistic, making us rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and drill and drill and drill and drill and drill and drill and drill. And, drill, and, drill, and, drill. and obviously nothing good is gonna come out from that kind of stress. And obviously G being the perfect pitch, a bitch, showing all kinds of different faces during our rehearsal, uh, showing faces of disapproval, faces of disgust for getting off pitch and affecting everybody's morale at rehearsal. I was fucking dying inside, alright? Who's the innocent one uh, throughout all this? It was Yvonne. It was me. Me. I was so... I, I'm the innocent one, okay? I, I had no drama. I tried to please everybody. Z asked me to do something. I tried to do it for him. And G asked me to do something. I tried to do it for her. And I tried to mitigate the situation, mitigate everybody's emotion and try not to have an internal implosion before the competition. And right now, I'm only talking about one and a half days before the competition, <laughs> I, I, I want to kill myself. Okay, enough negativity. I'm going to talk about something that a little, that's a little bit more positive. Uh, with a shout out to the Singapore Acapella Society and uh, especially Angie, because at that point in time when we told her that we wanted to join the Vocal Asia Festival, she helped us get a discount. So, um, it wasn't so financially taxing for us, thanks to her help. So here's a thank you from the Apex Project to the Acapella Society uh, and to Angie for helping us uh, get the best deal for our year, first three months of formation because it really helped us a lot. Because imagine if we had to spend that much money on just to join a competition, we didn't even know whether we we're going to win or not. It was going to be a bad investment. But because of her, this best bad investment to me is a bad investment. Fuck it. Look, look look at the things I just said. It was a very, very bad investment, all right? So uh it turned this bad investment into something a little bit more pleasant and at least the negativity is not financial. Alright. Here's another shout out to two very, very important people in this Taiwan trip, and they were Pei Yi and her cousin. So this uh Pei Yi and her cousin were affiliated to Feng's father Feng's father. So Feng's father's business friend. 
daughter. So I think it's around that, that the kind of affiliation. Basically, they were the two nicest girls I've ever met in this world. They tried everything to make us as comfortable as we can, gave us uh, the contact to, to a nearby uh, accommodation, nearby hostel to stay, uh, bought food for us and never expecting us to pay, and brought us around to see Taiwan and try to make us as comfortable as possible and be ready for our rehearsal and be ready for our competition with nothing else on our minds. All right. So I cannot sing enough praises to these two people and I really set my life goal to be as good as them one day. So one day when my friend or... Not, we were not even friends, all right? I don't even think they were that close to Feng because, you know, the affiliation is quite far and they were just like family to us. Like for, for, for four days, I felt like <laughs> she, she, was, she was our family right and uh yeah so thank you thank you thank you to Pei and cousin you have done so much for us you i cannot thank you enough but still thank you so in case you are lost i'm gonna give you a little bit of a summary for the 1.5 days uh in taiwan right before the competition all right so we met two really really nice people and that's uh Pei and her cousin who took care of us like matt and we had Z trying to be a perfectionist and practicing every single gap we had, every single between the meals, before you sleep, and when you wake up, before breakfast, rehearse, 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 drill, drill, drill. We had Brian's uh, rhythm problem getting more and more apparent because I, I, I have a feeling that it got worse because we, we kept pointing it out. Not we, I didn't. Z and G kept pointing it out. I have the same experience in the recording studio. It's like usually when my first few takes, right, were, were always going to be better. And then when he criticized me, and when he told me what to do, I would get worse, progressively worse and worse and worse and worse until it was unacceptable. And so we had uh, G and her princess syndrome. So she, she needed to have the right place to sleep, uh, maybe the right temperature or whatever it is. So, uh, but at least, at least Feng, our sound engineer, her boyfriend was there to keep her intact, in, in so to keep her emotions intact. So that was fine. And we had Jean dealing with her emotional problems with her then-girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend. Uh, maybe I'll call her P. Yeah, P, P, P-E-A-P, you know, a little P, you know, sweet P, yeah. So the, I would like to call her P. So P was giving uh, Jean a lot of problems. So they were, I, so, okay, Z made us practice every single get, right? So every single get we are not practicing, uh, Jean and P were arguing and, as, and, and being the cancer that she is. So her horoscope is cancer. Jean's horoscope is cancer. She's very, very much controlled by her emotions and especially her relationships. So we had, so Jean's emotions were written all over her face. So every single time she comes out of a quarrel, can totally tell. And obviously it affects everybody. And Z being the one that wants things to be practical, like no emotions aside, everybody just worked. He also had a problem with that. So every time she had a problem, he had a problem. Everybody got problems, okay? And Luke, obviously, still dealing with uh, his pitching problem, which I think at that point in time, we kind of gave up, you know? I, I remember at, at some point, Z was saying, okay, never mind, guys. These are problems we cannot fix. <laughs> Coming from Z, right? So let's just focus on having a good show. Imagine what it took to have Z say something like this. To him, I tell you, it's completely bullshit. All right? It is not as like, I want to win this. All right? I don't care. 
we're gonna do badly and the rest of the groups are gonna do worse than us and we are still going to win fuck it i want to win i want to win i want to win i understand how he feels and last but not least look your mom and finally we are at the competition and now that i think about it right now that i think back on the competition the audacity we had in hoping to win this competition what the, I mean, if I knew better, because I, I was just starting to recognize the, the international acapella scene at that point of time, but if I knew what I was up against, I would never, ever harbor any hope to win this competition. It was simply impossible. Let's take a look at the people we went against, all right? Let's not talk about the Korean groups, all right? Every single time the Korean groups uh, were involved in this competition, they always managed to get either the second or the third place. Because the Korean people, right, they are very confident of their music. Their music is special. It has a place that only they can produce. So basically, they already have the uh, new factor with the kind of music that they're doing and it's acceptable because you see, K-pop, right? So popular, such a popular genre that people can accept even when they do not know the language. So aside from the Korean group called Doo-Wop Sound, I believe they're doing quite well now because I do still follow their stuff on Facebook and YouTube. We were against, uh, <laughs> I can say, one of the most uh, successful group to date and also our good friends, I'm proud to say, uh, Acapelago, Acapelago. Is that how you pronounce it with that, that, that cadence? Acapelago. So... They were there. I think they were just starting out at that point in time. So we don't really have an idea what Archipelago is about. So if you want to know what Archipelago is about, it's very simple. All right, think. Filipino singers, all the good things in one group. That's Archipelago. That was what we were against. Second, one of the most, actually, I don't think it's even one of the most. I think it can be considered the most successful four-man group, four-man acapella group in Taiwan. Uh, they were called Jili at that point of time, and now they are called Okai. Uh, also, our good friends, uh, proud to say that. And they were also there to to uh, join the competition. So, uh, you know, after the competition, I went to search Okai uh, or slash Jili on the internet, right? And I saw their resume, right? Uh, I think they won some acapella competition in almost every single region of the world, like. I cannot count with all our fingers in the Apex project at that point in time. Seven members, every finger, you cannot count the amount. First place, not talking about awards, huh? First place, so championship wins throughout the world. That's okay. And that was what we were against. And we were trying to win the audacity. Wow, so I've been talking for about 20 plus minutes, right? And I haven't even talked about the actual competition yet. And now that I think about it, there are still so many things like during the competition and right after the competition and also the short period of time after we came back from Taiwan, there are still so many things to talk about. So I guess this will be part one of the Arut Awakening chapter and look forward to the part two where I'll be talking about those things that I just mentioned. So this is the point of time when I tell you that my thoughts and opinions do not reflect those of my partners, Jean and Yvonne. So please do not assume that whatever I say in this podcast is exactly what they think because it's not. And at the end of every single episode, I like to feature a song from the Apex Project. But for this part one episode of A Root Awakening, I will not feature a song from the Apex Project. But instead, I will feature a song from Jean. 
Uh, the song is called Night, and it's one of my favorite song of hers, and the most popular one on uh, Spotify as well. And the reason why I like to feature this song is because I have been talking about her, you know, uh, some relationship problems in this episode, and I think this song actually resonate a lot of that. Uh, part of her life so uh, yeah and also an apology for adding Jean as part of the negative experience of this trip so but uh, yeah it's true but if you tell me that all those negative experiences created this particular song that I like so much I say it was worth it so without further ado this is a song by Jean Seizure it's called Night Enjoy Whatever we need to just say 